Welcome back, gamers, and we are back at the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rad Dreams, from Rad Dreams Review, also known as Mason, and I am joined today with the two greatest hosts. We've got Devin, a.k.a. Darkness Tiger. Aw, thank you. And we have the guy who changes colors and other sorts of features. He's a chameleon. He's I, chameleon I. Chris. Yo, yo, yo. what's up? The man of many hats. <laughs> How's it going, guys? I was cool. going well, man. Yeah? What's, uh, what, what's been going on? Man, uh... I don't know. Devin, why don't you start us off with that? <laughs> well, today is, uh, well, by the time you guys listen to this episode, I'll officially be leaving Brazil for uh, indefinitely. The project here is finally finished, and I'll be switching over to remote. So I've just been uh, finishing this up. But by the time I get back to the hotel, I've had zero energy. I haven't really yeah. been playing a whole lot. So I've just been getting home and literally just going straight to bed. So that uh, is very fair. Not a whole lot going on my end. Um, I will say that next podcast episode, I may have an update on something. Okay. But it's too early to tell at this current moment. Okay. Cool. Chris, what about you? Yeah. um, Let's see been playing a whole lot of hogwarts legacy and um the destiny lightfall dlc came out earlier this week so um i've been uh sinking my teeth into that as well um honestly it's not very good really the story's not very good um Mm. we'll see after the story this the story just doesn't make sense <laughs> like they uh they give you this whole thing that you're supposed to try and protect and keep out of evil's hands but they don't even tell you what it is or what it does like like they tell you the name of it but like w- like i have no clue like what it is <laughs> and why it's important it's it's very odd um so I'm, I'm not very impressed with the story i like the news like um i guess it's called like an archetype of your class, like the, like there's different like classes in destiny. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm a warlock, but there's an archetype called strand now, which is like a, is a new thing. And it seems cool in the story, but I've heard some bad things outside of the story. So I'll wait to see and make my own opinion of that when I see mm-hmm. it. But, um, so far, not the greatest, but the strand class from what I've seen is cool in story. I just don't know about outside of story. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's um, that's really it. Yeah, I've been also been getting smoked in COD uh, ranked. Absolutely, those fucking <laughs> children. Yeah, well, what else? <laughs> is those those young those young bloods. I tell you. Yeah, I can <laughs> tell they got back knee boy. Oh man, <laughs> from all that sweat. Is it really that bad? Are you really getting murked that bad? Yeah, some matches absolutely. Our team gets slaughtered, and I'm just like, like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm not bad, but like, man, we're getting just worked. <laughs> Mason, what's been up? Because if the the listeners know that last week you were MIA, yes, because I was in the city of Los Angeles for the Digimon Trading Card Game uh, National Tournament uh, with a little over a thousand uh, contestants. Slash competitors. Well, we're going to some detail Christ. on that. Tell us about the trip. What, right. it has, what happened? What's going on? Well, uh, TLDR, right? Too long didn't read. Uh, unfortunately, I did not uh, place highly in the tournament. Uh, ended up like uh, getting dropped out of the tournament at around like round six. So I made a little over halfway. Um, went like three and three uh so i kind of made the executive call to kind of uh do side events instead of finishing out the tournament because there was no way i was gonna get uh like decent prizing or or placing or anything of that nature so i was just like all right i'll just 
cut my losses here and do side events and have fun with that. And I did. And did side events. Did fairly decent in the side events. Uh, got some good prizing there. Um, so there was that. And then some other really cool things about the event was I met the main artist behind a lot of the cards for the card game it's, itself. He goes by the name of Kenji Watanabe. Uh, he's a big figure within Digimon as well as Bandai itself. And he is the head of this company known as Toy Wiz. I don't know if you guys are familiar I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty well known and large uh, like toy company. They focus a lot on like figures, like collectible figures and stuff, mainly like anime related. Uh, so that was really cool to meet him and and get a signature. I also met um, uh, forget his first name off the top of my head, but his last name is Kobayashi. He is an also an artist, and he is the brainchild behind the Tamagotchi. <laughs> no way. Yes, That's way. awesome. So that was really cool to meet him, get his signature. Uh, and a really cool thing that I'm personally proud of is I spoke and communicated with both of them in Japanese, and they understood me, and I understood them, and they looked like they really appreciated that, so that was really cool. Look that is awesome, too. So I uh, I was very proud of that fact. Um, but other than that, I just mainly ate some really good food in Los Angeles. They've got amazing food there. Um, got to experience that. Got to go to Little Tokyo. That was very oh. exciting. That's awesome, man. That's had, awesome. Yeah, had a legitimate ramen. Ah, yes. Had uh, I had uh, takoyaki for the first time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what that is. Uh, takoyaki? Yes. It is, they're basically octopus balls. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I have really, never had them. They're very good. Um, at least in my opinion. I, I like octopus. Like, I like calamari. And I mm -hmm. just like um, octopus in general. So just having that for the first time was really good. Um, and then as a whole, like, L.A. is a lot different than what I was expecting. What were you expecting and what did you get? All right. So walking in, like, I was under the impression that, like, L.A. was supposed to be, like, nice. And that Why is, like, the... under that impression? Well, because, like, people were hyping it up. Oh. Uh... Like, yeah. before I went. And, um... They're like, oh, it's it's such a cool city, and da, da 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 And I get there, and I'm like super disappointed because uh, it is arguably the dirtiest city I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, Damn, listeners. Yeah, like if anybody's listening from LA, I'm sorry, but like your fucking streets are full of trash, like literally. Damn. Uh, garbage everywhere. They're, they've got a very bad homeless problem. Um, there's just tents everywhere, sleeping bags everywhere. Just uh, it's it's kind of sad uh, to see that the problem is that bad over there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really think it was to that level, but it was. And then it also didn't help that all of our Uber drivers were warning us. Saying, hey, you need to travel by car. Don't walk anywhere. It is dangerous no matter, like, time of day. I'm like, oh. Where Jesus. Did, where was this uh, Where was this tournament at? On Carnival Row? Like, what is this? No, no. It was in downtown L.A., man, by the Los Angeles Convention Center. That's I will, crazy. I will say, though, I think that some people definitely make L.A. out to be more dangerous than it actually is. Because mm -hmm. I was drove a tractor trailer and i actually had a few deliveries in oakland as well as compton and i thought it was perfectly fine like i don't okay. think of it um but that was years ago uh but i can't imagine like you don't hear people getting uh mugged frequently in los angeles mm -hmm. like there were there were some areas that were like immaculate 
and like beautiful. Uh, the architecture that itself of like the buildings were like fantastic. I will say that like their architecture is on point for sure. Um, but there's just a lot of graffiti, a lot of just garbage, um, just very dirty city, unfortunately. And it also didn't help that the weather was god awful when I went. Um, in certain areas, it was actually snowing. Wow, you got to see snow in LA. Um, <laughs> where I was, I didn't get to personally see the snow, but where I was, it was like torrential downpour like every day. So that was a bummer. Well, they need it. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but other than that, that that's pretty much uh the the trip like it was still a good experience i had a lot of fun it just wasn't what uh the city wasn't what i was expecting yeah for sure have you guys ever outside of you mason with los angeles chris have you ever visited a city and you were disappointed by it <sighs> that's a good question um no actually i haven't cuz i kind of you know like i I don't travel that much, as you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> like I went to Hawaii, and it was it was fantastic. It was everything I expected it to be. Um, I've been to some of the Carolinas, yeah, and that was that was fine. I didn't mm -hmm. there was nothing wrong there. Um, I like, I went the, to I like Florida. the Carolinas. Yeah, yeah, I went to um, man. It was some some like coast city in Florida, off the the uh, east coast of Florida. Um, and also was fine. Um, so no, I can't say I have been anywhere and I, I didn't like, you know what? I take it back. All right. There was, there's one city. Um, it was like, it's like Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. So like, they just have creepy trees, man. It's like sleepy hollow. You don't um, like it? No, <laughs> like my buddy lives there and went to visit and it was, uh, I think it was, I think it was uh, midwinter, and man, yeah, they just had creepy looking trees, and I was just like, I don't know, it was just, it just, it's just something that'll stay with me. I was like, man, your trees are creepy as shit, bro. Mm. <laughs> the town that I was most disappointed in when I first visited is by far and away the city of Orlando. Really, it is a tourist trap to end all tourist traps. <laughs> Oh, like, I can see that. Have, like, you to, have you ever been to Putin Bay? I have, and even then, that, I would say Orlando's a bigger tourist trap. Really? <laughs> that, that's that's well, that's shocking. Well, watch McCall, because at least with Putin Bay, it's like, oh, we're on an island, we're having fun. Orlando, you're like, I am landlocked in a city where no one knows how to drive. Everything yeah. is far, and everything is expensive for no reason. Hmm. So yeah, but either I do plan on going back shortly because a good friend of mine lives there and I visit him frequently. But every other city has been perfectly fine. Orlando, don't care for that one. But I also don't care for most of Florida. So it mm. is what it is. So let's go ahead and let's get into our very first topic this morning. Or not morning, this evening. I am tired. Yeah. You guys can clearly tell. It's um, all right. You're on a different time zone. I am and I can't wait to be over. Thanks. Um, but let's get into it, our very first topic. And that has to do with downloadable content. I believe last week we discussed how Hogwarts Legacy is not receiving any downloadable content. Whether, yep. that's a, whether that's a hit or a miss, neither here to say. Uh, from my opinion, I think that it's actually a hit. And the reason being is because that tells us they focused on building the game and selling a great game initially. Yes. They didn't, they didn't hide things behind a downloadable content barrier. Or paywall. Or paywall. Yeah, it's true. Yep. I hate it when people do, like game companies do that, which seems to be like a common trend in the industry. Yes, which I is know unfortunate. For a while, I know for a while it felt like every game had some kind of paywall. Yeah, and I am a firm believer the worst offender is The Sims. Oh man, that was Sims, bad. The Sims is bad, hundred percent. But I, it, it's like a toss up for me. It's like between that. Or um, freaking what was it? Uh, NBA 2K. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They were, EA. Yeah, EA is probably the worst offender when it comes to yeah. like paywall shit. Unless yeah. you like that. I would also bad. 
I would also add like online like card games like yeah, oh, Hearthstone. Dude. Uh, blizzard are you listening <laughs> yeah everybody hey take a shot we, we mentioned blizzard Heartstone's bad bro <laughs> dude fuck that game i used to play that competitively oh man i don't know how you afforded it bro oh, i did well i was free to play oh, yeah, that's shit. and it was hard that game is yeah hard i bet because you didn't pay any money yeah, yeah. dude it sucked it, the grind was real. Oh, oh yeah, one more. Um, fucking Diablo Immortal. Oh, <laughs> the entire not, game was fucking to pay off. Do you guys not have phones, <laughs> bro? Keep your you, comments to yourself, dude. Are, dude in the crowd, are, are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> red shirt, tomato, tomato. Red, red shirt man. <laughs> but he did but, nothing wrong. But, but watch McCall, going back to downloadable content, Hogwarts yeah, yeah, yeah. Legacy will not be receiving downloadable content, but a game um, that we have been talking about, mm-hmm. two games specifically, one being Elden Ring is getting yeah, Elden Ring is getting downloadable content. At this moment, we just know the name. We know mm-hmm. nothing else about it. Um, which Elden Ring has been out for what, a year now? Yeah, uh, yeah about yeah. a year. I was kind of expecting like there to have been DLC by now. Like at least with the DLC this time, like they could have announced something other than the name. Like there's no, there's literally nothing else outside of it. And the name is called the Shadow of Erdtree. It is a DLC expansion, and that is literally all we know. Yeah. So this actually follows suit with what they've done with their other games. So. So typically, um, they either have it announced by a year or it's out by a year. I'm surprised that it's not out by a year, but I am saying here that the release date will be after the Armored Core 6 video game. Ooh, dude, I am actually so hyped for Armored Core. I don't know if you guys played that game back in the day at all, but originally, yeah. Yeah, I played the OG one back in the day, and I was in love with it and was obsessed with it, and I'm so excited for this new iteration. I have to look it up what it is, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's Mecca. Yeah, I, that's that's and that's the that's the extent of what I yeah. know what it is. <laughs> okay, I got you. Um but yeah, I need this I need to see videos because I can't remember if I've played this. Like it's mm-hmm. possible. But I I just don't know, so I, I won't I know. I think you have played this, Chris. I think that we actually did own this, and I think that you played it more than I did. Hmm. But Armored Core has a 2023 release window, and some people are speculating it's coming out in September or October with a possibility of a delay. So we might not see this DLC until the same time next year for Elden Ring. Which is fine. Interesting. Yeah. Eh, well, I'm sure people are still going to be playing Elden Ring because I feel like it's a game that you has a little it's bit of replayability. Pop- it's still popular on uh, Twitch. Oh, I'm sure. And then the next game that has downloadable content is the Pokemon Realm. Yeah, buddy. We got Scarlet and Violet getting DLC, which is available right now. Uh, it, we have Pokemon Scarlet. With the hidden area, the hidden treasure of Area Zero. Uh, actually, that's both Scarlet and Violet. Uh, they just have different things available in each one. So we have the Teal Mask, which is part one, and we have the Indigo Disc, which is uh, like the part two of it, and it also introduces new Pokemon to the land. Which are kind of goofy looking. We got Okie Dokie. <laughs> like, that's a funny name. And we got Monkey Dory, which is like a monkey. And we've got uh, Fez. I'm going to mispronounce this, but uh, Fezandipity. It's like a. It almost looks like a uh, peacock, if you will. And then some other Pokemon are returning. We got uh, Ninetales, Yanma, Mealtic. We got Metagross, Dugong, uh, Meowstix, Skirtree, to name a few. You got new outfits coming out. You got, what else you got? You got new raids, which are really cool. 
that I'm personally excited about. The new raids in the game include uh, one for a kind of paradox form of Suicune, one of the legendary dogs, and you got a paradox form of Verizion. Uh, I know I'm probably speaking gibberish to you too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because these are... Been a while. I know it's been a while for you guys, but this is actually really cool DLC. Um, you get access to those paradox forms of those two Pokemon I just mentioned for free. Uh, you just have to participate oh. in, in uh, raid battles to uh, try to get them. So that's awesome. But you do have to pay for the DLC, uh, which, bringing up the price tag now, it is a little expensive. It is $34.99. Wait a second. How much is the game itself? Uh, sixty or fifty nine ninety nine. I think that's not a little expensive, Mason. I'm thinking that it's going to be like four ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. You're right, Nintendo. To, yeah, right. To be fair, the DLC is pretty big. I don't know. I but don't know. I don't know if it's worth. I don't know if it's worth paying thirty four dollars and ninety nine cents for. That's an entirely yeah. separate game price. Yeah, it really is. Because <laughs> they they did something similar with um, Sword and Shield, mm -hmm. with uh, that DLC. I, f I forget exactly what it was called, but they released it in in like packs or whatever, or parts. Mm -hmm. So did they break away from their? They hey, did we're going to yes. release this version, and then yes. like six months later, here's this other version that has everything yeah. else. Yeah. So okay, for those, cool. for those listening and. No, Devin, Chris, as you're aware, Pokemon has a track record of releasing two main games and then a combo game that is basically the same game <laughs> that consists of both games that were already released. Like Gold Pokemon, and and like Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon Red and Blue got Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon, <laughs> yep. Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver got Pokemon Crystal. Best Pokemon game. Changed my mind. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna I can't that. change it. I'm not going to yeah. argue. Can't like, argue. Pokemon Crystal was fucking revolutionary. So good. And then you had uh, Ruby Sapphire with Emerald. Emerald is also extremely good. Hey. But, and, but at least with Emerald, it felt different because you got um, access to like Rayquaza. And it yeah. felt, and that whole event felt very different than the previous two games. You got Ruby, uh, yeah, I said Ruby Sapphire with Emerald, then Pokemon um, Diamond and Pearl. You had Platinum. And then Black and White, you had Black and White 2. Trash. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> black yeah. and White, Black and White 2. <laughs> well, I do appreciate how Sony's idea of DLC is just an entirely separate game. Nope. But Pokemon's just like, now. Nah, we'll, we'll release, like, basically the same game and y'all will eat it up. And we do. And Pokemon they did. Pokemon fans do. For years. Right. It's a formula. It worked. The only time they deviated away from it was with, um, uh, the, oh god, what the hell was that game called? For... Let's go P Pikachu and Eevee and whatever. Pokemon yeah, let's Stadium. Go, yeah, Pokemon Stadium. And then there was, um, an, another Pokemon game for Nintendo 64 called Pokemon DX, I want to say. I remember that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, that was for the Nintendo GameCube. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it was, it was basically like a their first time doing like a 3D RPG. It was actually kind of cool. It was a pretty cool game, to be I real. I like it. Um, Gotta get ROM. But it's it's hard to come by nowadays. It's, it's a rare game. Yeah. Goes for like used copies go for like two hundred plus dollars. That's nuts, dude. Hell, when I had that game, and I I love how like the stuff that I had it was worth it was worthless when I had it, but the second I get rid of it, it's worth money. Oh, I know. It's usually how it True. goes. Um, but yes, yeah, speaking of Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon Company also announced uh, Pokemon Sleep, which was announced back in twenty nineteen. So we've been waiting quite some time for this to see the light of day. It what exactly is it? All right, so Pokemon Sleep is essentially a sleep tracker in which 
players communicate with an app while, you know, um, sleeping. So it's basically like, think of like a digital pet that is tied to your sleep schedule and based on how like good you sleep and how, you know, restful you get, you know, that determines how well your Pokemon gets, uh, like raised in this app. Oh, yeah, that's my Pokemon's going to die. So basically, <laughs> it, it like gamifies uh, sleeping, more or less, to Pokemon. I respect that. I get it. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. it, it's no different than like uh, like a Fitbit or something, or like an eye, yeah. eye, uh, an eye watch that monitors like your sleep. It's just, this is just, you know, gamifying it. Are you yeah. going to get it? Am I going to get it? I might. It, it, if it's like not expensive, or if it's like five bucks or whatever, I might get it. Why not? Thirty four yeah, ninety nine yeah. a month. No, <laughs> wait a minute. No, let's 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 let's, let's 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 bump the brakes on that, brother. Now, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the um, it it's, it uses Bluetooth um to collect the data, which is interesting, and it also can pair with Pokemon Go if you play Pokemon Go. Okay, so apparently Pokemon Sleep is going to cost about 55 bucks. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. No! Yeah. <laughs> no! Oh, Ripper Rooney! Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, At least man, gonna... that's... Well, is that expensive to you? Yes. All right, well, I guess you're not going to be enjoying Pokemon Sleep. No, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> but... If you do want to enjoy Pokemon Sleep, it can be accessed on July 14th. Congratulations. Well, keep oh. us posted if somebody decides to sign up for Pokemon Sleep. Let us know if the $55 payment yeah. is worth it to you. Well, uh, I know I know my cousin's going to get it. Well, let uh, interview your cousin. <laughs> Let's get his thoughts. Yeah, I will. I will. Thanks. All right. Let's switch over to a different story. This one yeah. has to do with Sony. Chris, do you want to bring us this story here? Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually don't have that one up. That's okay. I can get it. Um, right, no worries. I'll, you pull it up, and I'll just talk for a quick second. Cool. So as everybody knows, the right now Microsoft is going through a lot of different um, trials, scrutiny, mm -hmm. situations over the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Yes. Now, as this is progressing, we are receiving just trickles of court documents, a little bit of hearing testimony, specifically what is happening at the time. Well, recently we've discovered that not only is Sony not really playing fair, because they are basically saying that this will shut us down, we can't possibly have this, even though Microsoft has been making concessions to Nintendo, basically making concessions to everyone, saying it's not going to be that bad. But it came to light that Sony itself may have a reason for wanting to block Call of Duty from being owned by Microsoft. Yes, yeah. I have this article here. So um, basically, this is a leaked um, thing from um, the whole CMA, CMA um, investigation into whether the purchase of Activision Blizzard is considered to be um, anti-competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically in this, uh, I will read the, the piece. There are some, like, you can't see the, the, the numbers. They block it out. But uh, most of the words are there. Okay. Uh, basically, I'll give you the TLDR first. So, <laughs> Sony declares that none of its uh, PlayStation First Party titles earn enough profit and that they depend on Call of Duty. So basically all these like exclusive deals they've done throughout the years uh, for like Call of Duty exclusive stuff uh, that's strictly on the uh, PlayStation platform. Basically they've been, they've built a pretty strong user base of Call of Duty users on the PlayStation ecosystem. Um, and Ace, they're they're in this. They're gonna. They're saying that they wouldn't be able to fund their own first party games if Microsoft were to buy Call of Duty and then remove Call of Duty from their their platform. Um, so here is the the full thing. So it says Mike 
Microsoft's foreclosure strategy would cause Sony to lose significant revenues, diminishing its ability to fund further investment. PlayStation users that play Call of Duty generated around, a, it's a blacked out percentage of total spending, around something billion dollars on hardware, peripherals, subscriptions, games, and other PlayStation services. The loss of all or a significant portion of these users together with their associated revenues and profits would severely diminish uh, Sony's ability to incentivize to invest in future hardware innovation and gaming technologies. Uh, Cornerstone, Research, uh, Cornerstone Research and RBB Economics estimates that switching rates of some blacked out percentage could lead to a percentage, some sort of percentage reduction in Sony's profits. Mm. This would turn in also reduce the potential return on producing innovative first party games, thereby just diminishing Sony's ability and incentive to invest in new games. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically what, uh, Sony and their research has claimed. I do appreciate how for the longest time people would say, oh, the reason that nobody wants an Xbox is because they have no exclusives. Well, apparently the only reason you wanted a PlayStation is because you can play a third party game. <laughs> you can get exclusive content because for years they've had the marketing that says, uh, what is it? Uh, Call of Duty is best played on PlayStation. They've best had that marketing going for years. <laughs> Get it first on PlayStation. Yep. And are you guys surprised by this news? Because I'm actually rather surprised. Um, mm, A little bit, yeah. No. Okay, Chris, I'm... why are you not surprised? And I want to hear from you, Mason. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I am not surprised because not everyone is that single player, like, gamer like mm, if we look at if you look at like like um let's say god of war how many copies do you think sold of god of war i mean there's million. Uh, yeah i'll go with that number let's the, see I'm, I'm gonna say 10 million i feel like 10 million is a shy number i'm gonna say 10 million that's pretty good it was 11 million all right so god good. of war ragnarok got 11 million copies sold all right now let's com let's compare that to call of duty Call of Duty had to have been... I mean, are we talking about the whole franchise or just, like, single games? We'll just do the single game, because the whole yeah. franchise is 100 million copies. So, Call let's of Duty. Say, uh, the, the most recent one, I will say, probably sold, like, 40 million copies. Modern Warfare 2, I'm going to say 15 million on the PlayStation. Okay. Because um... I know yeah. it's like, super hyped up. Selling in history. Um, I actually don't have a figure for you. That's all good. Rip. <laughs> but um, in like in uh, three days, it made $800 million. Yeah, well, then, as, well, as of right now, um, Modern Warfare 2 was the fastest selling entry. It ended up selling about 8 million copies. Oh, eight? Okay. In... In a certain amount of time, let's say release, or is, when, when was that from? Uh, it is estimated that uh, as of December 12, 2022, it is okay. estimated that Modern Warfare 2 registered launch sales of a minimum of 8 million copies. So that was at launch. That was oh, at launch. Okay. So overall, it was probably higher. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think, like, it takes years to push out a, let's say, God of War. I'm yeah. just going to keep using God well, of War as an example. Well, God of War was in development for, I want to say, seven years. Yeah, exactly. Because they get all that Call of Duty money. Because they, <laughs> they started... Cause, no, because uh, I was listening to an interview about this not that long ago. It was... Uh, they were working on the sequel to God of War while still working on the first God of War. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they probably had a smaller team work, start working on the new one. Mm, yeah, so yeah. They, they were like uh, sectioning. Yep. You know? Yep. We do it at my job. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. Um, so, if you think about it, there is a call, there is at least one Call of Duty a year. And that, let's just, let's just use the initial sales numbers. Let's say, let's say six, let's say four million of that. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. Actually, know these numbers, but let's say four million of that was in the Sony ecosystem. They're getting four million per year. 
<laughs> in Modern Warfare 2, it takes it takes seven years for one God of War to come out. They're making bucks off of that. Like just yep. straight up bucks. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine as well that the development team for Call of Duty is a lot bigger. Yes, without a doubt. It just I guess it just depends on how much does Activision charge. Mm -hmm. Um like how much of a how much of a fee is Sony get? from activision for true, having true. the game on their platform true um but yeah like it's but regardless that's gonna still bring like uh people are gonna sign up for playstation plus they're going to they're gonna buy other stuff in the playstation ecosystem once they're there and that's oh yeah that's what they're talking about like mm -hmm. all of that combined would be hurtful if it was pulled out completely i understand um, so yeah i i don't i i i think it makes perfect sense but like <laughs> I'm I'm surprised they said it because they're they almost it almost feels like they're like saying that yeah our studios aren't good enough but we know that's not really what they're saying no but I know what they're saying. people it, it, well people will construe it that way without a doubt without a well, doubt and and I'm ne I'm not saying that I think they have actually very fantastic studios they have some well, really really good talent um but yeah it's it's it would it would make sense why they would want to keep this multi platform game in their pocket as long mm. as they can and why they're so mad about this, this sale, but they should, they should really like dig deep and look to make that deal with Microsoft over this and cut the shit. <laughs> well, well, Roger and Jabil, let's go back to you. You said that you were surprised by this. Why were you surprised? I just, I would have thought that they would have, you know, made more money, you know? Yeah. That's like, just from like the outside looking in, uh, you would think based on like the popularity uh, without having access to like the empirical data that, you know, they would be making quite a substantial amount and, and not like a, like a net loss or just losing money, if you will. Right. See, I think for me is that I forget how big Call of Duty actually is. Massive. And it's massive. And to see this, documentation that states that hey we make the vast majority of our money off call of duty that can support other studios that is interesting but i know why sony said that mm -hmm. the courts are going to look more sympathetic um the courts are going to look more sympathetic at sony and basically say okay well i guess you could be harmed in the event that you take away your revenue because you can't apparently you quote unquote can't operate but then if Microsoft were to allow um, Sony, like let's say this deal goes through and Microsoft goes ahead and says that, all right, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and publish the game out to you. The amount of money that Microsoft is going to be making from, from this. <laughs> oh, it's going to be absurd. Yeah. They can pay their first party studios to actually make games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, damn, the, <laughs> the dig you just took. <laughs> well, no, it's a thing. I know, I know. It, it is 100% a thing. Um, we all hope that this year is better for them. But, uh, yeah, that's funny, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so that's that story. Now, let's move over to a new production company. Mason, do you have this one for us? I do. Fantastic. Uh, so there has been a very, very popular studio who mainly does like horror films um, known as Bloomhouse Productions, right? So this studio was created by James Blunt. Uh, he was one of the minds behind uh like paranormal activity like he buttressed like that success into his own like production studio which is really really cool so he is teaming up with the conjurings james wan uh as well as uh, atomic monster productions a canadian based uh like group in a new video game production company called you no know, bloom house production right so that's super cool um the same studio is releasing a dead by daylight movie 
which is super interesting, which we haven't really talked about that before. So that's, that's kind of exciting. Um, so I, I do think this new studio will do well. And I, I think they're going to focus more on like horror games because they focus on that in terms of film. So I, I really, I, I trust them as a studio because <laughs> yeah. they're, uh, well, their, their track record with movies has been very good because they've done, you know, films like, uh, Insidious, they've done, uh, what, like Get Out is another one. They've mm-hmm. done Megan, they've done, uh, The Black Phone, they do the Halloween movies. Yeah. I and mean, they, they, that, they got some big titles. They have some heavy hitters and I'm excited to see what they can come up with because they really mm-hmm. don't, outside of the movie Upgrade, they really have some very good movies here. Yeah, agreed. And uh, they can definitely use the their success in film to maybe make some solid movie adaptation games. You know, because mm. a, a, a lot of times we do see the 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 transition from film to video game not being done well. But I I think this has potential potentially. From my perspective, what I want to see from this is their own individual IPs of horror yeah. games. Yeah, agreed. Um, they they are going to focus on Dead by Daylight uh, as well. So that, that'll be cool. Okay. So we wish them the very best luck. I'm going to definitely keep my eye out for them because they have produced a lot of films in which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest horror game person, but if anybody can do it, I think it'd be Bloomhouse Productions. Oh, yeah, I for agree. sure. They have a knack for it. So let's move over to something a little bit sad. We've here, I think all three of us have universally agreed, one of the gamer things to always do, or at least podcast hosts, is to one day make it to E3, to one day be a resource, mm. to be a guide, to be even invited. We have not yet received our invitations, mm-hmm. but you know what? We think it's lost in the mail. We'll get to it someday. Yeah, someday, someday. Someday. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, is it even worth going to E3 anymore now that Nintendo also has pulled out? I'm I'm be honest. Um, I don't think E3 is what it used to be. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Right. If if the big three were still there, yeah, I I think it's I would say yes. Yeah, 100%. They're not. No, they they're focusing more on doing their own thing, like their own conferences themselves, which from a business perspective makes sense. Yeah. But it also sucks for the fans too because like E3 used to be this like homogenous uh entity where everybody came together on the same uh front almost like arm in arm, hand in hand, like in solidarity, just say, "Hey, we're here for you, the gamers." um enjoy right it, it was like you could leave your your uh console war mentality at the door yeah without a doubt at, at least that's what it felt like to me when when e3 happened because the, everybody got along with everybody in terms of like the big companies during the yeah. event yeah, I, it was cool to see like faces, you know. Yeah, like, faces to like, hey, yeah. you're on this platform, you're mm-hmm. at the studio, I can mm-hmm. meet you and shake your hand. <laughs> like, thank you for making such cool games, you know. Oh, yeah. I also think that it was a time of the year because I would even take days off from work just to watch E3. It was a time of the year where we knew, like, okay, sometime around, like, I think it was the month of June. Around June, we know that there's going to be just a week of all of our video game news all in one place. Heavy hitters. You're going to see some amazing presentations. Mm -hmm. But everybody's gone off and done their own thing. So what exactly is going to E3 is going to look like? Is it going to be mostly just for typical game developers? Or will it just go quietly in the night like we've seen with other other shows? (laughs) It's going to be a lot of uh, EA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be one big advertisement. All right. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of uh, Ubisoft. And, so it's going to uh, be Assassin's Creed and Assassin's, Far Cry. Yep, Assassin's Creed. There are, there are 10 Assassin's Creed games that have gotten developed. Unannounced. <laughs> and then, and then uh, surely there will be another announcement about Skull and Bones being delayed. <laughs> uh, a new Final Fantasy game that nobody cares about. Square Enix. Oh, my God. I, so I went like, there. I went like, there. 
like we should like write like predictions for E3 as to what we're going to yeah, see. Right. It's going to be Assassin's Creed. It's going to be Skull and Bones. It's going to be a, uh, a Final Fantasy game. Um, it's something's going to, and there's going to be a presentation of something that looks really cool that we're never going to hear from again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Square Black Enix, White I, I, I remember seeing that the Forspoken uh, studio is being absorbed into Square Enix. Yeah, That's so they can work for on them. Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Because oh for, my god, it's totally flopped. Let's be honest here. Stop for it. it. Flopped. It and did. It. No, <laughs> Chris, it did. It flopped. You it flopped. No, for spoken. Yeah, yeah. No, it did. Like, you it cannot. Flopped. De- you cannot deny that it flopped. No, no. It, it was just. It was just funny. He said they're gonna work on another Final Fantasy. No, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Square is like, you know what? Clearly, we're not meant to do anything else. <laughs> you know, I was actually surprised that they took them after I did, they I got rid too. of their other stu- that other studio, the uh, yeah. Montreal one. I forget yeah. the name of it right now. Um, Square Enix doesn't know what they're doing. Let's be honest. I don't they think know. they do. Like, I'm, I'm actually like baffled. Like, so, like, you, you got rid of this other studio because you thought they were underperforming, mm-hmm. and then you took a studio that just <laughs> reduced a, I mean, produced a, a product that underperformed. So I'm like, I truly don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I could tell you exactly what Square Enix is doing, and, and this might be controversial, and I might get some critiques and criticism on this, but I don't care. Square Enix was originally going to be going belly up, and they produced a video game by the name of Final <laughs> Fantasy. It was the last opportunity they had. This was the Final Fantasy yeah. for a final shot. I the actually problem... like that story, honestly. Eh. Eh. No, it's, a, it's a cool story. They put, they're like, hey, this is our last hurrah. Let's kind of put all our eggs in this basket. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it Rad doesn't. Dreams if... Review. It would have been a great. It would have been a better story if they actually just made one Final Fantasy game. <laughs> no, no. So what I, I disagree. You can disagree as much as you want because here's what Square Enix did. <laughs> they realized, that, okay, we're about to be going out of bank. We're going to be going out of business. This is our last chance. We're going to make one game called a Final Fantasy and hope for the best. Cross our fingers. It was a hit, and then they realized, oh, you know what? We can make another one and another one. And another mm-hmm. one. They hired DJ Collip. Another yeah, one. Another one. <laughs> and the problem, the problem was Square Enix never had any idea. They never had an idea. They were crap. They were crap when they started. They had one idea and they've been holding on to that idea for the last 20 years. Hey, so is Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm not saying sure. it's great either. We got hot takes here today. I am a firm believer that Square Enix does not know what it's doing, and it hasn't known what it's doing since Final Fantasy II. You, I'm not saying they had some decent ones, though. I mean, they had some really good ones. I'm not saying that they're bad games. What I'm saying is, Square Enix is no longer original. They don't know what they're doing. They can't. They have not been able to successfully branch away from Final Fantasy. Because every time they do, they realize, and and you can even look at look at Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a great game. They said it didn't reach our, reach our sales numbers. Well, no they're full of crap. Full of crap. No game that they're releasing is going to reach their sales numbers unless it's Final Fantasy. They are terrified of coming outside the lines, and I am sick of it. Well, Octopath Traveler is pretty good. It is very good. Highly eh. recommend. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> no, believe me, I I agree that they need to like. Hey. Kingdom Hearts. Like, pause on the on the Final Fantasy to Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts one and two are great. But um, in 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 that same vein, uh, Final Fantasy is in Kingdom Hearts. All right. First off, I'm, I'm gonna ask you guys a quick question. So we're talking about Octopath Traveler. How mm-hmm. many copies do you think Octopath Traveler sold? Probably not, not a lot. Many. Probably not a lot because it's a niche game. Three like, million copies worldwide. Yeah, I was going to say too. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, mean, it, that makes sense. It's unfortunate because it, it is a very good game. I highly recommend playing it to uh, for anybody. You wouldn't like it, Devin, because it's turn-based combat. Um, yeah, and, I wouldn't. I'm out. And, and it's... Um, the graphic um, style is different. It's yeah, very... the graphic style is different. And the combat is, um, like I said, it's turn-based. So, yeah. so my question is, uh, have either of you guys played Octopath Traveler 2? Uh, I no. have, and I love it. Do you want to know how many sales that sold? Uh, probably like five million. They don't say. They, they apparently this is not a success story for Square Enix. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I like the game. That's the thing. They're decent games, but Square Enix, because they're not making any money off of it, they're going to cancel. They're, they're going to stop. They're like, all right, back to Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Square Enix. <laughs> not 
And oh I'm my God. and it's been proven many times. <clears throat> but let's move over to our uh, last topic story before we get on to our main story. And unfortunately, it goes back to Activision Blizzard. Chris, bring us the story. Yeah. So there was a um, there was a report from several sources. Uh, Reuters broke this uh, this story. Um, so uh, Reuters is reporting that Microsoft's licensing offers for Activision Blizzard to competitors is likely to satisfy EU concerns for the acquisition, citing three sources. EU also will not ask Microsoft to sell off any part of the Activision. So like Call of Duty, for example, they wouldn't ask mm. them to sell it off. So basically this is a major hurdle for Microsoft. So um, I think, I think the deadline is April 25th. Okay. Um, and hopefully then we have a, a full on uh, agreement in, in the way so that they can continue on and win the case in the U S versus the FTC. Because because they're they're also in shambles mm. because the uh, they keep losing members of the uh, FTC panel citing their uh, leader uh, what is it Lena Khan I believe mm-hmm. is her name. Um, there's been several that stepped down and saying like this lady is out of her mind or oh, sorry not the, I'm, I don't want to misquote them saying no, no, that no. because of her they're they're out. <laughs> well, he, well, here's the reality. And, and it's, it unfortunately has to do with the administration that you're in that determines what's going to happen. Yep. Had they been under the previous administration, this wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Because nope. the FCC proved they didn't care. Yep. But the problem is under the, uh, the current administration, they wanted to basically say, we are not allowing in any capacity monopolies. We're going to be more scrutiny of everything. So yep. the fact that Microsoft decided to do the Activision Blizzard underneath one administration over the other is the problem. And... By the United by the United Europe the European Union being okay with the act with the acquisition, I don't see um, I don't see that the United States is going to continue blocking it. I don't see mm-hmm. I don't yeah. see how they're going to continue because you really have nothing to stand on. They're going to lose. They'll lose like if like like if they're already in the legal battle. They're just going to lose. Like mm. <laughs> they, like Facebook won their uh, acquisition of. Um, Oh my God! Who were they trying to acquire, and they won? Um, like the FTC dropped the case. Uh, dropped. Oh, was it um, uh, Oculus? Um, oh God. Mm. It may have been. Because I think they bought Oculus. I want to say, maybe. Well, a, a Facebook or AKA Meta has Meta. bought. Uh, Quite a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I cannot remember the name. I mean, if they if they if they approve the freaking merger between T-Mobile and Sprint, it's like right. And if there was like, going to be any, and if there was going to be anything that would definitely would have been a scam, that would have been it. Yeah, for sure, because those it, services suck. It may have been Oculus. It says it just says a VR company. I mm-hmm. can't find. I think it was Oculus. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if they can win that. It, <laughs> In in this uh, in this hellscape, and that was what December uh, 2022, mm-hmm. and so that would be under this administration. Um, then I don't like I don't see where their legal backing is for them to to try and say that this deal is anti competitive when Sony's been playing a totally different game. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on. So we will see here in a month what happens, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's looking good. It's looking better mm. than it did. All and right. As, well, as the trial progresses, we'll get a lot more information. Yeah, there'll be a lot more leaks. All right, so let's go ahead and let's talk about our main story and our last story today. And this one comes from a conversation that we just all had via just text, mm. just because it, it's been a big thing, and that thing happens to be AI, also known as artificial intelligence. Now, for those who don't know what artificial intelligence is, the long and the short that, as uh, Rad James Review said, the TLDR is basically <laughs> artificial intelligence is a computer learning the capacity to do human intellect things. Okay, mm-hmm. it's way more involved, way more in depth than that. Yeah. Now, 
as we're saying, I believe that it's called the Chat GPI bot or whatever. Yeah, the Chat GPT. Yeah. Chat GPT. Now, mm-hmm. this was this little AI that was very advanced, and a lot of people are using it not only to write papers, but to create movies, to create movie scripts, to create music, to create art. It's basically used a lot to basically take over the function of a human. And the question that we had amongst ourselves or the conversation we had amongst ourselves is what exactly is, where does artificial, where should artificial intelligence stop and Mm -hmm. where should it begin? What is, should it be allowed to do and what should it not be allowed to do? And I said, when in the chat, I think that AI has a purpose, but I said, I don't think either of you guys are going to guess where I think the purpose is. Okay. And one of the things that I'm very interested in is autonomy, specifically autonomous yes. vehicles, not having to drive myself anywhere. Um, and I think that artificial intelligence would probably be best in that realm. And here's why I say that. When you look at companies such as Tesla, Ford, with uh, GM, they all have their own autonomous driving systems. None of them are perfect. I believe the consumer reports that attest they said that Ford wins. The Ford Blue Cruise is the winner because of it's just it allows you the most opportunities to be safe. Like you have to have mm-hmm. your eyes on the road, hand on the steering wheel. Tesla, as an example, has shown what's called a full self-driving beta. Basically, they said, oh, the car can get you from point A to point B. You don't have to really do much of anything. But if you watch any YouTube video out of this, the car is hitting children. It's riding on sidewalks. It's just it's awful but if you have an artificial intelligence one that you base off of just a simple driver a very safe driver you base the artificial intelligence off a safe driver now every vehicle on the road is has this software of ai and it's observing every single scenario that it can possibly be observed in let's say you put it in tesla i believe tesla had let's say you have three hundred thousand cars with this ai if each one of these cars is develop is experiencing a new scenario that AI can approve and go back to a main database and say, okay, for this scenario, this is how the driver handled it. Okay, well, let me see. Uh, another driver did this exact same thing. Okay, so we have a standard. I think AI is going to be better utilized in things, autonomy such as that, making things a little bit safer for humans, like driving vehicles, buses, things like that, specifically in the transportation mobility realm. Hmm. I'm, I am a firm believer that I don't believe that we should allow AI to really go outside of that realm. That's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I disagree with yep. uh, the, the take on AI with uh, self-driving cars um, because I, it's just there's so many different like challenges and hurdles as well as it it would have a devastating impact on uh, like the transportation industry in general. Well, I think uh, so- that's the thing we have to get out of our head is we have to realize that whether no matter what we do with AI, it's going to eliminate jobs. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the, I mean, creative destruction is a thing. Mm-hmm. That there's no going around that at all. None. Um, I mean, we saw this happen with, I mean, the best example that I can think of off the top of my head is, you know, Uber, Lyft, basically creatively destroying the taxis. Yeah. Because they are, you know, rideshare programs for just people that are so accessible that it defeats the purpose of a taxi, like hailing a a taxi, you know? Yeah, but I will say that it de- it defeated a, it defeated an enemy that needed to be defeated. Oh and yeah, like I, I hate had, taxis. Yeah, because remember when you had like order a taxi to go to the airport and it was always like two hours late and it was always like really expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, Uber. And I hate and I don't, I don't think Uber is a great company. I think it's actually a very poorly run company. But <laughs> Uber found a problem in the market and was able to solve it. Mm-hmm. It, it, they I did. Take, I take two Ubers every day. Mm-hmm. One to get to work, one to get back home from work, and sometimes I'll take three to get to dinner. And for actually four because I have to get back from dinner. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Uber. I am an Uber fanatic. So I fully understand, like, mm-hmm. that it does eliminate industry. 
it's just it's a, it's a tough thing for for me to ac- accept artificial intelligence in in that vein as well as with like things like you said earlier with art you know with uh writing with uh video with uh with anything really that deals with like the arts um because typically what like ai does is it searches uh you know a database and kind of pulls from that and then generates something right yeah so tech technically it is an act of like plagiarism and the fear for me with uh, artificial intelligence when you're dealing with like uh creativity in humans is it has the potential to dumb the population because now humans are now incentivized to not like think for themselves and use creative thinking to try to think of new ideas or generate uh, art, music, uh, film, whatever, you know, I don't know. I think it's a slippery slope. Um, And I think Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park said it best when he said that scientists never stopped and asked if they could do so, or if they should do something, but rather if they could, or, or maybe I'm misquoting his line. Uh, let's see what it was. It was like something I know about exactly what, what line you're talking like about. <laughs> scientists never asked, what was the line? I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. It's been so long since I, I've I've uh, done this. All right, so your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they did not stop to think if they should. Yeah, that that that's what AI means to me is is just because we have the ability to do something doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean we should. Because we've seen devastating effects of uh, artificial intelligence, especially within the realm of um, people who have like uh, a notable presence in society, like people who are like famous, like actors, streamers, things of that nature. Like uh, deep fakes are uh, a concern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I have a little bit different of an opinion and mine is much more, I don't know. I, I think the AI should be heavily, heavily regulated. I agree I think, with that hundred percent. I think it's, 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 it's good in certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go more into that, but I think it's actually quite a dangerous thing in other things. I so agree. for me, I would, my my whole thing is is I only ever want AI to complement something that a human can do. I don't no. never I don't, to replace. Exactly, exactly. So like for me, whether like, let's 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 look at it like a like a software engineer, they could run a let like let the AI create something. They go in, look at it, like okay, no, this isn't exactly what I think, but I can take some of the ideas that you put here and pull it out and make my own thing because you gave me some ideas on how to do something, you know, mm. like we're not straight up using everything that this AI thing. It's created. like, it's, it's like using it as a reference. Exactly. A exactly. Um, uh, for like, like I would, I could see like if, 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 if it were to ever replace some things like someone's job or something, the only job I would ever want to see go like would be something that's like extremely dangerous for humans to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like oh, yeah, playing like, with certain chemicals or I mean, stuff like that. I mean, at uh, my assembly plant job, we have artificial intelligent robots to do very dangerous things that humans yep. probably shouldn't do. And they can do it more accurately than we exactly. can. Because, you know, you can program the machines to be like insanely precise and quick and uh, do and knock out things in in a much much more efficient way see my thing is is that as we're seeing with the crypto 
cryptocurrency world, the Web3 world, I don't think that we have a we don't have people in government who understand technology enough no. to re relegate this in yeah. a timely manner. Correct. And since there is a lot of corporate money in our politics, whether whether you believe it or not, we're not a political podcast, nope. but that's what it is. No. Corporations are always looking for a way in which to find to um, make sure we have less and less workers. I believe Elon Musk had his phase three, and he said at some point, humanoid robots are going to outnumber humans. That's what I he believes. Not. I hope I not hope, as well. Yeah, so he's talking like androids. Yeah. Yes. And if we do not have a government or governments across the across the world who have an actual universal agreement, similar to what is it, the principles of robotics? Yeah. If we do not have that for artificial intelligence soon, it's going to be too late because they're yeah. already writing movies. They're already making music. They're already making art. They're already doing all of these things that we don't want them to do. Yeah. So Absolutely. I think that we need to have a universal conversation with everyone on the globe. What exactly do we want artificial intelligence and can we limit it? Because if we don't mm -hmm. do something quick, corporations are going to find a way to do something with it and is going to start eliminating jobs left and right. Oh, yeah. And the question is, what is a job that can't be eliminated via AI at some point? Lawyers can be eliminated because it's just you have something that can just search every single case quickly. Mm -hmm. um, factory work, we've shown, we've seen that. Truck drivers, they're trying to do that currently. Doctors, it might, they even have to run news. They're even having AI create software. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At some point, there is no job out there that an AI that can't That is safe. Tackle. Yeah, that is safe. True. It's so true. So on that note, that's where we're going to leave you guys. That's where we're going to leave all of our podcast listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ponder Think that. Ponder about ponder. the uh, ethics in artificial intelligence and uh, morality. Think the question over. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a great way to end, but this is a conversation that you guys huh. should be having. It's a it's a valid question and it's a meaty subject. Uh, we definitely didn't tackle all of the intricacies of it. No, no, no. Um, we could do an entire episode on like, AI alone. Maybe we yeah, should. I mean, there's a lot to unpack with artificial intelligence. We just barely scratched the surface here. All right. Well, anybody have any final parting words before we sign off tonight? No, sir. I can't think of any. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for another installment of the Uninformed Gamers. If you like what we do, be sure to give us a like and a subscribe. If you wish to connect with us, we are on Twitter at Uninformed Gamers, and we are also on TikTok at Uninformed Gamers. As always, we are a very small podcast. We don't really take do a whole lot. We try to be funny. Well, we are funny. Well, some of us are funny. Um, <laughs> make sure hey, you share us. Hey. We appreciate the feedback. All right, guys. Uh, I am Devin, also known as Darkness Tiger, and Darkness Tiger 2 on PS5. If you wish to play with me, just shoot me a message. But let me know who you are ahead of time because I don't add randos. All right, guys. <laughs> go ahead and do your sign-offs. Are you Mace? All right. I am Mason, also known as Rad Dreams for Rad Dreams Review. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Rad Dreams Review, as well as on Twitch at Rad underscore Dreams. And I am Chris or Chameleon. You can find me on Twitter at Chameleon Games. K-A-M-E-L-I-O-N. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you next time. Bye. Peace. Later.